Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, we're so glad we're coming at you with still more football to talk about in another game coming up. It could have been a lot different compared to last week when we were going into week number 18 and really the unknown, if the Bills were even going to make the playoffs, let alone the two seed. Here they are. Bills, Steelers, we know the matchup now. We've had a couple of days to sit on it, think about it. Sal Capaccio here, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. And I, I think the last couple of days, Matt, since you and I last talked, for me, and you can tell me for you, it's kind of been about resetting a little bit, exhaling a little bit, kind of recalibrate, recalibrating everything because it was such a, you know, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's the future hold? Now at least we know that and we can get back into football and talking about it. Yeah, for sure. But I think the page, you know, you talk about the 24 hour rule and how for the team, they enjoy this for 24 hours and that's off to the next thing. I think the 24 hour rule gets thrown out the window when you're in the playoffs. I think Mm -hmm. the conversation shifts to your opponent almost immediately. I think Sunday night was about celebrating. I'm sure the plane ride back was very fun. And then after that, it's like, okay, well, now we've got a game to play. And it goes back to what we said on the last episode about Josh telling Sean. Josh, excuse me, telling Stefan on the field after the game, four more wins, four more wins. That starts with one. And I've you know seen the behind the scenes clips from NFL films of the team in the locker room and all this stuff. Like they realize the opportunity that they have. And I think they realize how important it is to make sure that they do not let this one slip away. No doubt about it. It is four more wins from here. Three to get to the Super Bowl, one to win the Super Bowl after that, of course. And the Bills will be home for two of those if they take care of business against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. But to take care of business, they're going to have some challenges. We'll get into the weather in a little while, but let's talk about on the field first, Matt, and that is, of course, injuries. Several players went down with injuries last week. You know, I I guess a lot of people didn't realize Taylor Rapp got hurt on that last play, but he was Mm -hmm. hurt, and it took a long time on the field. As you knew, you were at the game. I was at the game. But even when I brought it up um, on WGR, most people said, oh, I thought he just kind of was, he got the wind knocked out of him. But no, he actually had an injury, had a calf injury. So he's on the injury report. So is Gabe Davis. We have a report from Ian Rappaport out there that he's got a PCL sprain. We'll see what the case is there. Russell Douglas has a knee injury. Ty Johnson's in a concussion protocol. Tyrell Dodson left the game with a shoulder injury. And Deion Dawkins left the game with a hand laceration. They stitched it up. He came back. What did Sean McDermott say about these injuries? And where do you think everything kind of stands, good and bad, and encouraging or not encouraged about what you've heard? 
So I think the overall blanket encouragement is that all of the injuries and all of the players that missed practice on Wednesday, we're recording this Wednesday night, are considered day-to-day. So it does not appear that any of them will be substantially long-term injuries. Now, that's good news, but it's also a one-week season at this point. So anything that's more than potentially missing this game is, I think, a little bit too far down the road. Of the guys that are on that list that did not participate today, so Tyrell Dodson, Russell, Russell Douglas, Gabe Davis, those are the three big ones to me. Ty Johnson, of course, he's in concussion protocol. Good sign that he was limited, but if you Great. don't have Ty Johnson, I think you can adjust accordingly. Now, let, let me Douglas, just stop real quick. I want to make sure everybody is clear on this. They had a walkthrough on Wednesday, so it's it's an uh-huh. estimated report of if we had a full practice, this is what everybody would be. Russell Douglas, of the guys that did not participate for the walkthrough on Wednesday, would be absolutely, to me, the most notable absence and the one that would be the biggest blow for the Bills because of the level that he has played at. Now, all of that said, I think that Dane Jackson did a nice job when he came into the game, and I think with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, you should, should be able to get those two guys to hold their own against you know, the Steelers' top two wide receivers, especially if at this game the weather is going to be a factor and there's not much of a passing attack for the Steelers. But you want your best players out there. Douglas told me after the game that he thought he could have went back on the field. That is a good sign to me. That's a sign that tells me he's close because if he was considering going back into the game, that makes me think maybe it's a pain tolerance level. Maybe it's they're trying to figure out what the level or the chances are that he could re-injure himself is. So if they could get Douglas back, I think that would be a really, really big piece for this team. I think he would be the most notable absence. And then for me, even though Dotson has played an elevated game and there might be a lot of running in this game, the next one to me is still Gabe. Because even though Shakir had a nice game, even though Kincaid had a nice game, even though Sherfield did more in this game than he's done all season, you still want the most options you have offensively, especially for him. He's their best blocker in the run game as far as the wide receivers are concerned. He's almost on the field like every single snap. I know that he makes mistakes that people get frustrated with, but he's still their second best wide receiver. I'm going to have a bit of a different take on this, but I, I don't think you're completely wrong at all. Everything you said makes complete sense. I think Tyrell Dotson might be the biggest loss because of everything you said. Tyrell Dotson's been very good against the run. Steelers are going to want to pound the ball. They're going to want to shorten this game. I, I, I'm not super comfortable going into a game with Balen Specter as the starting middle linebacker as much as Balen, I'm sorry, starting weak side linebacker, as much as Balen Specter played pretty darn well when he came in against the Miami Dolphins. This is a different animal. This isn't the Miami uh-huh. Dolphins. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers who are their identity is being physical and running the ball. They're going to want to do that. And I think because of exactly what you said about the passing game, I think it mitigates maybe, you know, w- what you need out of Rasul Douglas at corner. Of course, he's a very important part. And you'd love to have him. I agree with that. And Trent Sherfield, you're not losing a ton in the blocking game with Gabe Davis. And Trent Sherfield's a good blocker for sure. And mm-hmm. I think he's coming on and having a good connection with Josh, which quite honestly, Gabe hasn't. Lately, and again, I'd rather have Gabe Davis available on the field, but I don't mm-hmm. think at this point you're losing all that much. So I think the bigger, the biggest loss could be in the middle of that defense with Tyrell Dodson, but I'm also very encouraged the fact that he was limited. Now, what's funny is I believe I go back on Wednesday, Matt, didn't McDermott say he wouldn't practice and then he was listed as limited on the report? Yeah, that's why I think I actually just said on that when I was just talking, because that's what Sean told us this morning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I, and I think... That's encouraging, obviously. Now, Ty Johnson being limited, you said it right there. 
that's mm-hmm. a great sign that he's going through the protocol, but you never know how all that ends up. Now, I'd also say a sneaky loss would be, I mean, sneaky. I mean, if Taylor Rapp weren't able to play, look, mm-hmm. it's, it's a safety. I get it. But what the Bills have been able to do with Jordan Poyer and dime situations and move him down and bring Taylor Rapp in, I think has been really good for this team. And I think Taylor Rapp has had a really good second half where he didn't have a great first half because I don't think they were necessarily using him in the best role. They figured that out. And Taylor Rapp obviously had not only the interception, but right before that, he had a great pass breakup. Almost, almost had yeah. the interception. And Taylor Rapp with a healthy Micah Hyde next to him is a, is a nice combo for how they want to play their dime defense. So even in that situation, the way Mason Rudolph is getting it to his receivers net right now, I think you need Taylor Rapp available. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Isn't it interesting, though? So he has a calf injury. Mm-hmm. Did it happen on the last play? Because to I me, know. when I watch that play, I'm down on the field for the end of the game. Obviously, you're down there for the sideline. I see him make the interception. You know, immediately you're thinking, oh, my God, they won the division. Then you're like, OK, he got hurt. What happened? Yep. It looks like the winds got knocked out of him because he landed on the ball. He gets up. He walks into the locker room. He's with all of his teammates. They're all super pumped up. Then it's a calf injury. So to me, that says one of two things. Either he hurt his calf on that play, which it did not look like, or he was playing through it. So for me, if you're able to play through something and then be on the field for the last play of the game for the defense, that makes me a little bit more optimistic that you'll be available if you're needed to be available. Well, we talked the the last time (laughs) after the game about the guys who filled in and they did a really fantastic job, you know, and but you know now that the Pittsburgh Steelers are gonna have a full week of knowing and looking at this, they're gonna try to maybe see who these guys are, take advantage of them. So you want all hands on deck. There's no doubt. Another guy that we didn't really talk about, I don't think should have any danger because he finished the game is Deion Dawkins, obviously. But boy, high marks, high marks to Ryan Vandermark for coming into the game. And this week, whether it's Deion Dawkins, which it should be, or Ryan Vandermark, no TJ Watt on the other side. Speak so for injuries, Matt. I could say, even if you took away the five guys we're talking about for the Bills, I mean, what, three guys who didn't practice, I guess? I think T.J. Watt's lone absence is bigger than the collective absence of all those guys for the Bills. T.J. Watt's their best player. T.J. Yep. Watt would be like if the Bills were going into this game. It's not quite like Josh Allen's because Josh Allen plays the most important position in the entire sport, but it would be like if the Bills were going into this game without Stefan Diggs or the Bills were going into this game without, like you said, the collection of the players that they have. But I still think the T.J. Watt loss is greater yep. than anything we would realize from the Bills' stand. I mean, he led the NFL in sacks. He had 19 sacks this past season. He is a freak, and he has played against the Bills incredibly well when they have played him. So for them, I think it's, Josh said it, I really like the way Josh Allen said it on Wednesday. It is not like they don't have anybody else. Now you just need to focus on Cam Hayward and Highsmith and those other guys who can certainly get after you, but it's one less person that you need to always be looking out for because he is somebody who can change a game on one snap. Yeah, what what a fantastic season. 19 sacks. He's uh, really three. Good. Let's see. Four force fumbles, three fumble recoveries. Uh, he mm-hmm. also has an interception on the season. He's com- combined for 68 total tackles, 
36 quarterback hits, which is amongst the, the tops in the league, I believe. But yeah, it's a, it's a significant, significant loss. And you're right. And I think that's you know what you do now. You kind of slide protection to Hayward, who hasn't had the best season. He was he was hurt early in the year. He came back. He's 34 years old. He isn't really what he was right now, but you never know. He's a fantastic player, of course. And then in the back end, they may get Megan Fitzpatrick back. That would be a really good boost for their secondary. If they don't, there's some opportunity there. But this is a Steelers team that I do think the Bills can throw the ball. The problem is, Matt, the weather might really reduce those chances to be able to do it successfully. I always say weather is the ultimate equalizer for an, an underdog to pull the upset. All it takes one bad throw, one bad bounce, one fumble that goes awry, and all of a sudden you're talking about a different ball game, and that's what the Steelers would love. The Steelers would love to take advantage of a couple mistakes by the Bills, a couple bad bounces, drop whatever, the ball, and then they get up by 10 points, and they grind the game down. That's what they would love to do. Yes. Now, I agree with everything that you just said. Bad weather hurts the Bills. I do believe that. But at the same time, because of who the Bills quarterback is, I yes. also think it might make the gap even bigger. So I okay. guess it depends on how bad the weather is and if this is something that the Bills can still not play their normal type of game in, but play closer to their normal type of game. The Steelers already are a run-first team. If the weather is bad, they are going to be even more of a run-first team. If they are that one-dimensional, that makes me think, and this is just my kind of philosophy on this, you really can hone in on stopping the run. And if you still get beat, then you've got a very serious flaw in either your game plan or the roster that you're putting out there. For the Bills, you if they are if the if the weather is so bad that you can only run the ball, at least the Bills have the option of not just turning around and handing it to a running back, but also having their quarterback run the ball because that's the skill set he has. Mason Rudolph is not going to run all over you in this game. That would be shocking no. if he did. And even with the conditions, if it's snowing and if the wind is manageable, Josh can still throw the ball. I mean, he still threw the ball in the wind game against the Patriots. They well, what's funny about that, it's a great example because remember like through three quarters, they he wasn't throwing the ball. Like, And all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, they let him throw the ball and you're like, dude, we should have been doing this all along. Like he can do it. Mm -hmm. Like even though the other team doesn't want to do it at all, doesn't trust their quarterback. Maybe the Bills should have trusted their quarterback to do it because he's showing he can. Obviously, yeah. So I actually have the game book from that game up. He mm -hmm. completed. I mean, he attempted in that game thirty passes, and they were almost all at the end. And if you would have went yeah. back and said, how many passes, right. how many passes would they actually try and you know attempt? You would have said, I don't know, 10, 15. Mac Jones was two of three for 19 yards. Josh Allen was 15 of 30 for 145 and a touchdown. And that was the extreme of wind. It does not and, and feel like Dawson Knox dropped one right near the goal line. It does not feel like the wind is going to be that right. crazy in this game. I'm not a meteorologist, but I work at a news station with meteorologists. It's still very early in the week. There is a lot that can change, and that is always the first thing that they say of like, listen, this is what we're saying on Wednesday. Let's give it a couple more days. But it feels like from what I've heard and read and had conversations about, it could be 15 to 20 miles an hour with gusts that are a little bit higher than that. That's not insane. It's all about the snow. If you have that with snow, then it's really tricky. But if it doesn't snow or it snows a little bit, I don't think it completely 
changes the way you're going into this game for the Bills. I, I just don't. I think it it impacts you, but it doesn't completely kill what you're trying to do. We will talk with Andrew Filipponi of 93.7 The Fan and Pittsburgh Odyssey Sister Station and um, host on the first and what is it called? Bet, bet and first I got it. Pod. First and pod. There you go. First and pod. It's a betting podcast uh, with Danny Parkins here on our Odyssey Podcast Network. We'll do that in a little while. But first, let's talk about some more interesting weather this weekend. 